What's up, guys? Welcome into episode five of the Checkerboard Check-In. Got the usual the usual goons with us again tonight. Keenan, Murphy, Sawyer, D. Scott, what's going on? What's going on? What up, what up brothers? I heard something about a new coach this week. Is that accurate? That that couldn't be. We have we're so known for stability up here. I think it's just I heard about it. Just just hearsay. Okay. I think it's rumors. Yeah. Rumors of lots of fifty burgers um, using our speed on the outside, things of that nature. I don't think that ever happens though. Not in a while. No. No. Well. Main thing on the dock for tonight, you guessed it. If you've if you've had a pulse, if you've been on Twitter, if you've been on Facebook, anything on the internet for the last four four days now with the build up, last couple of days with the actual actual hire. Uh, Josh Heupel out of UCF. We'll go. We'll just go around initial thoughts, I guess. It's uh. It's hard not to view it as a little bit of a letdown, I guess. You know, read into the hype all you want, but we'll see. It, it's it's a contrast, and I like that. That's the one thing I do like. It's a contrast from our last coaching regime, and you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll put up points. We'll put up points, but I, his DC hire will tell us all we need to know. Will tell us all we need to know. Yeah, I think uh, definitely Heifel was not the not the fans' first choice for sure. I mean, Danny White said in his presser that he was his first option, even though he tried his best not to hire him because you know he worked with him or whatever. But I mean, when you look at him and the old coach Pruitt, I mean. Heifel has head coaching experience. I know it's not power five experience like we were wanting, but, I mean, he has coaching experience. Like Keenan said, his offense has put up big numbers every year. I mean, I think – I think Danny White said they averaged like 45 a game the last three or four years, whatever. I mean, when's the last time we hung 45 in a game? You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe South Carolina last year. Or did we get – I think we got 41. But anyway, anyway. Um like, I think Keenan described it pretty well as a letdown because we all wanted Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin. Anything less would have been just all terrible. But, I mean, don't don't just slam the guy before he even coaches the game. You know, he, mm-hmm. might, he might be the guy. Who knows? Only time will tell. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I'm – I went on the typical roller coaster of at first I'm like, who is this? What's going on? I mean, I, you, you heard Josh Heupel's name at the very beginning after Danny White was hired. I mean, to me, I just didn't think it was ever really a realistic possibility just because mm-hmm. I not, – not that I don't think he's a good candidate, and we'll get into that later about what he's going to run, how he's going to run it, every, everything like that. Just didn't seem like he was really on many people's radar at all. Which, when you look at Danny White, that's kind of what you should have been looking for the whole time. Is he gets the guys that aren't on anybody's radar. So that was my first initial reaction. But now, I mean, as as it's going on, I've I've gotten to like it even more now. It's like like you said. I mean, the defensive coordinator throughout his tenure, not not just this initial one. If you're getting to the point where 
you're winning games, you've got assistance leaving like that. I mean, it's it's going to be establish a defense and then keep it there, regardless of who's leading it. You you just in an offense like this, you've got to have a system that if you're going to go quick, your your defense is going to be on the field winded continually sometimes. So I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, I I'll be excited to see our playmakers actually make plays for the first time in. Mm-hmm. what seems like five years now. So that's my main positive with it. I mean, it's just – it's something different. I'm to the point where now it's just – it's – I you're going to have to – you're going to have to win multiple ball games to and, – and do it consistently for me to get bought in. I mean, I know that seems like it's where a lot of people are at right now, but we're, we're that way for a specific reason. I mean, I, we're not – we're not crazy. We're not a crazy fan base just because we're crazy. Somebody's made us this way. So that's my main thing with it. Yeah, Definitely. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a fun brand of football to watch. That's for sure. Very different than what we're used to. Um, he's going to spread it out on offense, get the guys out in space. And I think that's that's exciting. You've got a ton of athletes on the offense that are going to have success with with Hypoil. We've mentioned it, the defensive coordinator hire is going to be the most important thing he does from now until probably week one, I'll say, of, of next year. you got to get that hire right. A um, little interesting that Kevin Steele wasn't kept around. We talked about it before the show a little bit. Um, I mean, I don't know where you go with the D.C. hire, but that's that's his most important move. And, and then, you know, that's going to tell you everything you need to know, like Keenan said. So, I, you know, it, it was a letdown, but I think, for what Tennessee needs right now, it might be the perfect fit. I know people don't want to hear that, but you weren't going to bring in a big name guy. I don't, I don't think that was going to happen, especially with what's going on with the NCAA violations and all that. So for now, at least you've got an exciting brand of football that you can be excited about and you got to win games. I think that's going to, I mean, that's going to make people forget all about who, who was hired and who wasn't. So that's kind of where I was at initially. I think my initial thoughts on it was more confusion than anything because, like you said, uh, I think Caleb said it in our little chat thing on Twitter. You know, everybody thought it was more of a smoke screen than anything. Um, I can't say I'm I'm upset about it, you know, especially after the pressure. I felt a lot better because it seems like he knows what he's doing on offense um, and he can develop our guys the way they need to develop. Um, That's kind of what you all have said. You know, he's, he knows how to use our athletes. And, um, you know, it is going to be fun. It's going to be something we, we're, we're not used to. But I hope our fans also don't, you know, if we lose a couple games, don't come out and just, you know, throw them into the fire. Like, oh, my gosh, get them out of here. You know what I'm saying? Um, no, I mean, if they would have went and brought somebody like a Derek Mason or something, I would understand being, being pretty ticked off. But I, I, I can't say I'm super upset until I see him couple years you know see what he does with the program so we'll see you know just just let it run its course and you know hopefully he can hopefully he can stack the defensive staff as much as he is the offensive right now so he's gonna have to yeah yeah absolutely and you know i'll address the elephant in the room maybe the job wasn't as attractive as we all hoped it would be so you know Regardless, the, the one thing that got me was the search firm being hired to hire your old coach. Yeah. yeah. 
that seems like money wasted to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, offensive side of the ball looks good, but it's all about that defensive hire. And we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, he had a good defensive coordinator, I thought at least, uh, already on staff. But uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he does. But, yeah, um, regarding uh, Heibel getting the job, it's – you know, it's 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 a change from what we've been, um, and it's absolutely uh, a 180 from the last coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And you know that that could be a very good thing. We'll see how it handles. The Tennessee job has proven to be uh, a unique situation, and uh, it, it it takes more than a keen mind. It, it, it's it's absolutely a unique situation, and we'll see if he's got the chops to do it. Uh, I'm gonna give him the I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because yeah. Danny White has made six hires among football and basketball coaches, and all six have succeeded at their respective schools. So uh, we'll we'll see we'll see. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt for now, uh, but. Uh, Danny White, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I'll just say we'll see. I think another important thing to look for with Heifel is the quarterback room because he's supposed Mm -hmm. to be kind of like a quarterback guru from what I understand. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's a really good quarterback himself. Um, I mean, it's not like there's not talent in that room either. I mean, you just brought in Salter coming in, Bailey's coming back. I mean, you've got three guys right there that I think, and in my honest opinion, any one of them can start week one. And the so funny thing is, Bailey might be the least uh, uh, conducive to his system. Uh, Salter and Hooker might be way more conducive to a hypo system, honestly. Could be. That's another thing that I like about it. It's just like you know the offense, what it's going to be, what it's going to look like, but who's going to be running it. It's just another – Another question is, I mean, to me, that's not a bad question to have because, I mean, you've got guys that can do it. It's not like you're picking from crap. You know, you're picking from some talent. Exactly. Yeah. He, he mentioned, I think somebody in the press conference um, asked him about the, the quarterback situation, and he mentioned that he's had success with pocket passers, guys who can use mm-hmm. their feet, and, and guys that are in between. So I, I don't think you can count out Bailey quite yet. Um, I'll be interested to see how that race is going to go. Um, I, I tend to give the the edge to Hooker and Salter because of what Heifel typically does. But I think Bailey, with what he did in high – I mean, you look at the way they did in Marietta in high school, they ran a similar style offense. So, we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out. And the main – which you, you never know until, until team trots out there and they start playing what it's going to look like. But I, I know I was – I feel like I sent – I don't know if I sent you all the video or not. If not, I will send it to you um, on YouTube. I just found a guy that was breaking down Heupel's offense, what they like to do, how how they set their formations up. A guy that really could have a big resurgence this year is Austin Pope, a guy that was in the transfer portal mm-hmm. a month ago now. If you go back and look, if if you go watch any of their highlights, they use an H back a lot. I mean, it's and I know Pope that was 
his last real year of meaningful playing time. I know he was the H back a lot. So even that helps running regardless of what he can do in the past game. Now, I think that's, that's the big misconception is that Heupel's coming in and it's going to be Steve Spurrier air raid or Mike Leach air raid. And it's, you go you go back and look at their running backs and they they run the ball as effectively as they throw the ball. Maybe even a little bit better running the ball. Yeah, they they the best thing I heard was they they run the ball to set up the pass, but it's not. Yep. It's not eye formation, jam it down your throat football. It's it's a little bit more finesse. Power spread is another word I heard that they kind of describe it. So. You watch any of those highlights, and I'm excited to see what Austin Pope could do this year. I'm sure he is, too. I mean, it, assuming he's going to stick around. I mean, I know he he announced he was coming back. I believe when Pruitt was still still here. But you you never know. I mean, it's it, it excites me, too, because you've got a new coach. I feel like before you've, you've got older guys that you give the benefit of the doubt starting just because they've been with the program longer with a new guy coming in. I mean, it's, it's first impressions. It's who, who stands out. And the one, one thing our team on offense shouldn't lack next year is speed. I mean, that's no at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a focus of Pruitt's for the last couple of years is adding speed. You've got just on young guys, you've got Jalen Hyatt, Jimmy Callaway, holiday, Jalen Wright's going to play somewhere there. D Beckwith for a bigger guy is pretty quick. I mean, you you're gonna have speed all over this roster. And the the main thing is gonna come down to like you said, I mean, Kevin Steele. I I hate that he's moving on, but at the same time, I really don't. Just because if if he was brought in with the expectation of, hey, you're gonna be the head coach this year. And you're you're gonna run it till we hire a guy next year by former. If he's brought in under that and he's not bought in and now he's gotta go back to being a defensive coordinator, I I almost don't hate that he's leaving because if, if he was brought in under that pretense and now he's gonna have hard feelings or something like that, I mean there are there are other options that you can you can go after. I, Zach Arnett at Mississippi State was one I mentioned right before we came on. It's got a little a little bit of traction to it. I don't know if it happens. He just got an extension from Mississippi State just a few months ago. But as we've seen, contracts don't really bear nearly as much weight as they used to. So, no, money matters. Money matters. And as much, you know, as much as we would like still to still be here, uh, I would like to watch ourselves with the old regime uh, completely. Uh, and – you know he's he's getting his money. He he might he's probably getting around uh, a, a million from us just you know for being here a couple of weeks. Uh, but it, it, it's as long you know, Hypel had the 123rd ranked defense last year. Uh, so I'm looking for some fresh faces to come in. Uh, you know to complement that offense to complement you know. 42 points a game to, you know, to complement 600 yards a game because you can't outscore everybody in this conference. You can't do it. There's that, you know, it's been proven over time. So uh, you, you just, you got to have a comparable defense to your, to an offense. So we'll see. 
we'll see. Uh, I'm in a wait and see mode, and uh, that's how I'm going to be. Uh, it's I'm I'm an eternal optimist, but you know, ap- you know, after the last you know ten years or so, you you can't trust the decisions until you've seen the results. So that's where I'm at. And honestly, I mean, I, I think to me. Go back to Kevin Steele. It may be a hot take right now, but I more than his defensive coaching ability, I would hate to lose him more just for his recruiting ability and ties to the SEC and mm-hmm. who he could bring in as assistants. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. He's he's gonna he's a great defensive coordinator, but like like I said, like Keenan said too, if he's if he's gonna have hard feelings, if he was. If, if anything was told to him to where now he's not going to want to perform to the highest ability, I'm I'm fine letting him walk. I mean, get get somebody else in that can start with a new coach without any, I guess, baggage, so to speak. Not not really baggage, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's just if you if you're going to have any of that, just go ahead and wipe it clean. And that nobody's nobody's saying we're going to have to have an excellent defense. I mean. If you do, more power to you. But I mean, with, with this middle kind of, of the pack was good enough. Yeah, th- this kind of offense, you need four or five stops a game. I mean, that's 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 what you're going to need if your offense is truly humming like it's supposed to be, and how we hope it's going to be, and frankly, why we hired Heupel to do it that way. Then you you don't need a stellar defense. I mean, yeah, sure, everybody's going to want that 2009 Alabama roster on the defensive side of the ball. But that's – I mean, it's out with those days now. It, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like we've all kind of said. It's it's wait and see. I mean, I'm this first – his defensive coordinator hire is going to be the first test. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to judge him until we go out there and either win or lose ball games this year. But he's going to have to surround himself with good recruiters and good assistant coaches. And I hope, because we've had reports before of Jeremy Pruitt, which we don't know if they're true or not, but of Jeremy Pruitt dipping more into the offensive side, wanting to kind of – wants it run his way. Well, no, if, if, if he brought in Josh Heupel to run his offense, let him bring somebody in to run his defense. And hopefully Heupel will learn that and, and say, hey, that's, that's not my area. Let, let somebody whose area it is run that, and I'll handle all the media stuff, the offense, all the obligations that go with being a head coach because that's not that's something we haven't really said. We we did get a guy with head coaching experience and pretty good head coaching experience. I mean, you can say whatever you want to about his record at UCF, which, yeah, it did get worse every year, but the first year you can't get any better. I mean, 12-1, and one, I mean – you can get one game better. That's that's it. I mean, and nobody's y'all going to complain about twelve and one here. I know I won't. I'm not. Not at all. Never. And you, you got someone that's been to the top of the mountain. He's won a national championship. He should have won the Heisman over Winky. Uh, he's been there. So that's someone that the players will respect. Uh, that's that's someone that you know commands a presence. You know, among his players. So. You know, we're going to put up points. There's no question. We're going to put up points. Jalen Hyatt will feast. Uh, I I agree with you, uh, D. Taylor. I think D. Beckwith is the perfect running back for this situation. 
Uh, I hate to lose Eric Gray, but there's still a stable left. Uh, there's still a stable of running backs left. There's enough offensive weapons on this roster to m- do some damage next year. Absolutely. Uh, it's 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 the third time I've said it now, though. It, it comes back to that defensive hire. It absolutely comes back to that. And and we'll see. We'll absolutely see. Yeah, and I mean, we that's the segment. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Another question is, you know, Eric Gilbert, he's still sitting there in the transfer portal. I was about to get into it, yeah. And uh, you got an offensive mind there now, somebody who's going to – you know is going to get you the ball. So, you've got to think Tennessee's looking even better and better to him. And, you know, one of the – I think it was episode two or three, I can't remember. I asked y'all what kind of role D. Beckwith would have next year. Well, if we don't get uh, Gilbert or, you know, something like that, could we use Beckwith like that? Because he's still the wild card. He was going to be with Pruitt. I think he still is with Heifel. He's just going to have to find somewhere to plug him in. I think he's too talented not to. But who knows? I think it'll be fun. The mystery is fun to me about who's going to play where, who's going to do what. And uh, another thing that I really like about Heifel in his press conference, he said, we're going to do what the kids can do. You know, like he's not going to come in here and try to demand you do something you're not comfortable with. He's going to run what we can. We'll plug you in where we need to plug you in, and we'll see what your talents are, and then we'll put you where you need to be. I agree. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the right mindset to, to approach this situation with. Um, block out the noise and, and do what you're good at. That's, that's scoring points. So uh, – I guess I'm warming up. I guess I'm warming up a little bit, too. I, I give Danny White credit. He he didn't make a boring hire. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I it's, it's like it was the first message I sent after it broke. I mean, and that was still in the point where I was still kind of mad about it. I mean, I, I think I think you could have done a lot worse. I mean, I think you could have done better, possibly. Now, we don't know, like you said, that the job probably not as attractive as we thought, but – it's not a boring hire. I mean, bringing in a guy that's a top ten offensive mind that seems like in the country—that's not boring. Now you can say you don't, you didn't agree with it. You thought it should have been this guy, but you you can't say that it doesn't. You can't say that looking at our roster with all the speed, young talent we have next year that it's not exciting. At least, I mean, like you said, where it's kind of a question of where a guy's going to be, who's going to be this guy, and we can do that later. I've. I've kind of – I mean, I've been looking at our roster of who's going to start where. I kind of, like Sawyer, I think D. Beckwith that, that tied in, especially if Austin Pope is more of an H-back, something like that, relied on for his blocking. In a, in a fast, up-tempo offense, D. Beckwith at, at a, as a receiving, kind of like Kyle Pitts uh, a lot did this, this year. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of chance because I love Jabari Small. I do at running back. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think he's – I watch him and I see John Kelly again. I do. They they look exactly the same to me. So, I loved watching him this year. Every time he touched the ball, he ran like he was pissed off at the grass. So I'm <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to see him with the ball in his hand more. So, I, I that's that's who I would. Which we'll we'll get in that. We can do it right now if you want to. If if I've got my starting lineup of who we we don't have to do offensive line, but just skill positions. I mean, I, like I said, I. I me personally, let's just face the facts. You're probably gonna have a bowl game ban next year. I mean, that's that's kind of 
it's the unspoken truth right now. I'd say it's going to happen probably. I mean, we, we don't know, but it's kind of what I said coming into this year, how I would have started Harrison Bailey all year. It's a COVID year. It's weird anyway. It's uh, to me, I mean, why do you not start Caden Salter next year? I mean, as a freshman, I mean, maybe I'm the only one that thinks that way, but see what he can do. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's going to, it's going to be easy to score next year. I mean, you've got good playmakers on the outside. You need somebody that can put the ball in, in a good spot. And I, I think all our quarterbacks can do that. But I like Hendon Hooker from what I've seen too. But Caden Salter, if you've got a guy that has virtually the same skill set, why not roll with a young guy and just – if he's it, you've got three more years. If not, hey, it's the first year. You've got a bowl ban. Not much is going to ex be expected of you anyway. I, there's not – I don't think there's much downside to doing it, honestly. Yeah, I think if it's close, roll with the youth. Yeah. You know, I mean, if an upperclassman doesn't just wow you over a freshman, roll the freshman out there. Heck, let him take his lumps. And then by his junior, senior year, he's just going to be better for it. That I, I thought Bailey should have been starting all year this year, too. Just what we'd seen from JG and everything, like there was no reason for Harrison Bailey not to, even with the short offseason, whatever. Roll him out there. Then if I mean if four or five games into it, he don't got it, then put JG back out there. But I don't know, man. If there's a gap that's not very big, I'm rolling with youth. And I feel that way about everything, about high school, college, whatever. And you don't have the worry of quarterback development this year. You shouldn't, at least. I mean, Josh Heupel, every every quarterback he's touched so far has increased their stock exponentially. I mean, it's – I, I would have started Bailey last year. I think we've all said that at some point. But at a certain point, too, I, I understand if you say he's not ready yet. I mean, that's, that's not a good excuse because if you have a quarterback coach on the roster, then why isn't he ready? And, and we'll, we've seen that now. Uh, Chris Winkie is – exploring um, other opportunities in his career. He's furthering his career, I think. Just is like Fulmer was encouraged to explore other opportunities. Right. <laughs> right. Take a look around, you know, see what's out there by force, by choice, whatever. So, thank see, good. What I don't understand, like I, I thought Harrison Bailey should have started too, but then it come out and he was barely getting any snaps in practice until right. like three-quarters of the way through the season. I'm like, why are you not trying to develop him now? Like, you're, you've had ter terrible quarterback play all season. Why are you not trying to develop him the entire season? So, next year, he's ready to roll. Like, why was he not getting more snaps? And, and I don't know. That that confused me. But I don't think, you know, I, I don't think we're going to have that problem. Like I just said, you know, the quarterback coach we got. Or, yeah, it, it, the success he's had with quarterbacks, I think he's going to give them the attention they need and, and they'll be able to – thrive under their under his program so mm -hmm. and it's just to me it's a it's a win-win scenario you, you you start a guy like last year Harrison Bailey he does well okay there's your quarterback of the future you've got at least two more years out of him he doesn't do well I'm not going to blame you I mean he, you found out if the guy had it or not and especially mm -hmm. in this last year I mean you you it's a weird year anyway. If you start Harrison Bailey all year and go three and seven, you won't hear a word out of me. I mean, I promise. I mean, it's if you go the whole year, he doesn't have it, recruit another one. Well, we'll get, we'll eventually get one. And I, me, that's just my same thinking with Caden Salter. I mean, it's, 
I wouldn't count Harrison Bailey out of it. I mean, it feels weird that this time a year ago he was supposed to be the savior of our program, and now everyone's – and I got caught up in it too of, you know, maybe this offense doesn't fit him as well, but that's not true. I mean, Josh Heupel's done it with every kind of quarterback. You know, it comes down to who's going to fit schematically the best, but – and me personally, I like running quarterbacks. I miss seeing Dobbs back there where – He's got the ability where if a play does go wrong, it's fine. Like you go get go get six yards on a scramble. I mean that's mm-hmm. that that just offers so much more opportunity to me. But I mean, yeah, he's definitely it's what Murphy said. I mean, he's definitely not out of it. I mean, it's it's up for grabs. Yeah, that would be who I would roll with personally. Um, would be Bailey next year. Just I think. He's got the most experience with the receivers that you've got because he's been here. Um, obviously, Salter coming in has an advantage over Bailey from last year because Salter is going to hopefully have a regular, you know, spring practice, summer workouts, and then fall practice. And he should be in a more advanced position development-wise than Bailey was this point last year but or when we get to that point this year. Um, but I think Bailey's got the chemistry with the receivers, and that's big for me. I think you can you can see when there's a timing issue and a chemistry issue with quarterbacks and receivers. That's true. Um, I think I don't I, I don't really know. I mean, I understand the advantage of of going youth over over you know the upperclassmen if if there's not a big gap. It's just Hendon Hooker to me is going to be a bit of a, an X factor, a wild card, if you will, because. Here's a guy that's brought in when the previous coach is here. Here comes Heupel. He kind of fits what Heupel does, but is that, you know, I don't, I don't know if that's going to necessarily mesh well. I don't know. It's, it's just I would go Bailey, and then if Bailey gives you a reason to yank him or pull him, then you pull him and you go with the next man that has shown that he can do it, you know, just as good if not better. So I would personally go with Bailey just based off of chemistry and, and time and all that stuff because – you're going to be going fast. You're going to be making a lot of different changes at the line, reading defenses and stuff. And, you know, yeah, I think with Bailey having the experience he does and, and Hooker has experience too, but with, with the receivers and, and running backs here, Bailey's got it for me. So that's, that's where I would go. I agree with Murphy hundred um, percent. You know, it, Bailey, Bailey's been here. He's, he's familiar with the offense. He's familiar with the, uh, you know, weapons he'll be using. Uh, Heibel's offense has put up 570 yards a game. So I feel like with the weapons we have, we can duplicate that, you know, reasonably well. Uh, it's, it's, it just, it, every argument you can make, every point you can make comes back to the defense. Uh, he didn't have a good defense and his teams, you know, regressed a little bit every year he was there because of that defense. So we'll see who he hires. Hopefully he's learned his lesson. Um, it all comes down to that hire, in my opinion. Do we have any um, – our boy, our savior, Brian Maurer, do we have any Brian Maurer supporters in the chat tonight? He, he's got to get a quarterback drop play. Yeah. I don't think he uh, – I don't think he stands a chance with the guys around him Come on, to why? start why anyway. He, he's got the he most transferred? active social media. Does that count? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. He'll be the morale guy in the quarterback room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need one of those, I guess. I mean, 
I am just blown away. He has not transferred yet. I don't understand. Yeah. What he's, <laughs> yeah. What yeah. he's doing. I mean, well, no, see, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting too, though, because I mean, it's like y'all said earlier, it comes down to a first impression kind of thing. So all the quarterbacks are coming into virtually the same environment. You're going to have to learn a new sure. program and buy into a no, new culture. You're going to have new strength and conditioning. So, I mean, it's really any man's job right now. It's whoever makes that, that good impression. So I don't think – I think you could say something about all of them that would potentially give them an edge. But I, I think they're on equal playing ground right now. So I, it could be I mean, anybody's ball game come, you know, spring practice and somebody might show out and just, you know, it's a – there's just no chance. So. I mean, 90% of me is joking when I say Brian Maurer. But, I mean, at the same time, you look at it, I mean, the play style – is kind of a fit play ability. Now that's the you can look like you fit in an offense all you want, but do you fit in the offense? That's hey, this is going to be the first time in what like four years that we're not going to be disappointed with who starts at quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I'm happy with any of them. I mean, it's uh, to see the players. I mean. All the players on so uh, social media, and you haven't had any transfers since, since he's been hired that weren't already mm-hmm. in the portal to begin with. I mean, you had right, but I mean they they were already there. It, it seems very unlikely that we're going to get any of them back by now if they haven't returned already. I mean that mm-hmm. that could be wrong. That changes every day. I mean that's you're dealing with guys that are, I mean some of them close to our age here. I mean so my we'll mind is all time. I know that so I'm no different. Tell- Toe to toe is the one. Uh, we'll see. That's the big. Mm. I mean, everybody yeah. by this point, I'm like, they're they're probably. I mean, and here's something I thought about. I mean, what about Brandon Johnson? I mean, he may not play much, but a, a leader on the team. I mean, where he transferred to UCF? So, Marcus Tatum. Marcus True. Tatum. Yeah. I I mean, you, he said he said he wasn't going to actively recruit UCF's roster. But I mean that doesn't mean doesn't mean somebody, that doesn't mean they can't come on their own free will, well, right? I mean because if they went there because they like the coach, then they could just as easily come back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean I don't think with our scholarship limits that we're surely going to have. I mean I, I don't think we're in any position to tell a guy, hey, no, we don't want you. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't I don't care if he's going to play or not, or if he's going to keep the bench for him. I mean mm-hmm. live body at least it's somebody. Somebody to fill out a jersey, make the signs sidelines look a little fuller. So I, you, you never know. I mean, it's you've got you've got the signing period is February what February sixth, seventh. So I mean, maybe there's maybe there's a guy like that. Maybe there's a couple guys that you pull in here late, but you've got the portal as well. You've got guys like Big Cat Bryant that you don't know. We don't know what he's doing right now. I mean, it's it's still. I think a lot of that you'll see clear up in the next few days once assistant coaches start rolling in and they see who's – because, I mean, it's it's not any secret that you uh, – I mean, you're spending the majority of time with a strength coach and with your position coach. So, those – not only defensively, but those are going to be big hires everywhere. And he's targeting some good names. He's got some good names at UCF that are going to be up for good jobs. So, I – I know he'll he'll bring in at least a couple. I, th- I think your main chance of a mainstay from the old staff would be Joe Osavet, just because he interviewed for the UCF job apparently a, like a week last week. 
So if he was already going to go there, if he's already going to get that job, I mean, I, I would say he's probably going to stay, which, I mean, he was credited with kind of starting the RPO. And that's what I said. I mean, if it's a young guy, if it's like Salter, if it's still Bailey, I mean, he's young too. I mean, RPOs are quick, easy reads, stuff like that. It's it's definitely not going to hurt having a guy like Osivet, especially with if you're going to have, like I said, scholarship caps, stuff like that for the next couple of years, get JUCO guys. And who does that the best on our staff is Joe Osivet. It's kind of why he's brought in too. So, I mean. He's, he's, you know, proved his chops recruiting. I think he's earned his recruiting mantle on our staff. Yeah. I think Asavet's a, a, a priority. You know, you, you've lost, you know, a, a large number of coaches on the staff, including Graham, uh, who I think is a, is a pretty big loss. You know, I don't think that's, you know, should be underestimated in the loss of Eric Gray is losing Jay Graham. I, I don't believe for one second that Eric Gray didn't know he was losing his position coach uh, before he made that decision. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, defense is going to be of a priority. Uh, we have weapons left on the defensive side. You lose a Key Lawrence and you lose a DeAndre Johnson. That hurts, but uh, there, there's still a lot of talent that, that we have on that side of the ball. And it, it's, it's you know, it, it's going to take a, a good, you know, coach, but it's not out of the question that we can't be, you know, competent on that side of the ball. And that's all you need to be if you're putting up 42 points a game. So uh, it, it's all on one hire, if you ask me. And also, that's really the only candidate that I think is kind of left on the staff right now. I mean, there's still a few hires that haven't made official, but I mean, I wouldn't go through it now. Like, like you said, Jay Graham supposedly is going to take deal at Alabama as a special teams coordinator because that's one more thing Bama needed was a good assistant coach. They were kind of running low on them down there. Yeah. What about Jay T. Martin? Uh, What's his situation? Who's that? T. Martin. He, he's – well, yeah, he's another one that's still – I doubt he stays, but he is one that we haven't heard. But you got you got Ansley is going to the Chargers, Derek Ansley. Uh, you know Niedermeyer's not going to be back. Shelton Felton's not going to be back. Um, Pruitt obviously is gone, but on the defensive Maybe side, I'm thinking for assistance like that. But, I mean, he's like, – like I said, you <laughs> – Heifel's got good ties to good assistant coaches. And it's – I mean, I've read a couple quotes now that he's pretty well respected among his peers. So, I mean, that's – that can't help in bringing in good coaches. And it – my main thing is it – you have the names like Rodney Garner, names like that out there that, yeah, are home runs if you get them. But I don't – we can't just target big names because they're big name coaches because a lot of times – especially if they're older. I mean, we've kind of seen that now in a certain offensive coordinator that um, is on the plus side <laughs> up in our booth. I mean, we've seen that it's nothing more than a check to them at sometimes. I mean, it, it's a harsh reality, but they go, they're going to go where the money goes. So get established guys like that if they're good coaches and good recruiters like Garner is and like everybody in the country thinks he is. But, I mean – it's going to be a semi-young team. Go get a semi-young coach that's still hungry, that that knows his stuff, can recruit, and may not be as well-known. I mean, that's – Josh Heupel's only 42. I thought he was going to be older than that. But, he, yeah, I mean, he's 
he's not old at all, especially in the coaching profession. I mean, that's mm-hmm. he's a hopefully. I mean, this is something he comes in, works out well, and he's going to be here for the long term. Then, yeah, because what Saban's in his seventies, something like that. Sixty nine. Yeah. yeah. So I mean we still got I mean if he works out, if Hypo works out, I mean we still got what twenty, thirty years out of him. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the uh say we have a first year this year that's decent and then second year we've got some real momentum building up. I'm just waiting for the people that are yeah, you know, he's gonna leave and go to Oklahoma then. So he'll just leave us like the people would prove it we're saying. Uh, Speaking of, of a good year, what is a good year with Heupel's can, first year? We can get into that. I mean, it's – I mean, you, you look at the schedule. I'll pull it up right now. I mean, I was I was looking at it earlier today, and I, I'll give a plug here. The, guy more, the guys at More Important Issues, they were talking about it earlier today too. I mean, it's it's not one of the worst schedules I've ever seen, honestly. It's not it's not awful. You, yeah. You've got a chance yeah. to start the year 3-0. and now, Pittsburgh's going to be a – I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of those things. I think it's a very winnable game, but at the same time, you, you don't know until you see. I feel like the Pittsburgh game will be which team can dictate their tempo more because we kind of know what Pittsburgh's going to bring. They're going to bring the ground and pound. They're going to bring tough defense, try and beat you in a slugfest. Uh, if, if Heupel can execute his game plan – and score some points, I, I think we'll be in good shape that game. I really do. I'll see if I'll pull the schedule up here and we can screen share it. We'll do I that. Op- I think optimistically, like, I mean, we could win six to eight games. Optimistically. Yeah. Right. I, think, I, I think first three should be wins for us. Yep. And I then uh, who's that? Oh, uh, South Alabama, that should be a win. Uh, Vanderbilt should be a win because we still have more talent than they do and they have a first-year coach. Uh, I think we'll win one of the – Kentucky Ole Miss? I was going to say – I think we'll win two out of Kentucky, Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Missouri. So I think three, we'll win two out of those. And that, I think we'll get we'll get beat by Georgia, Bama, and Florida again. Yeah. Is the schedule up on the screen now? No, we're up on the screen right now. Now it's the schedule. There you go. Okay. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, you, you look at it there. I mean, you've got Bowling Green in Knoxville, Pitt in Knoxville, Tennessee Tech in Knoxville. That should be a real slobber knocker there, the Golden mm-hmm. Eagles coming in. <laughs> got at Florida, at Missouri. I mean, your toughest stretch is old – Ole Miss at home, at Alabama, at Kentucky, Georgia at home. I mean, that's that's nothing like the one, two, three. That's four. nothing like the gauntlet we've seen in years past. I mean, it's nowhere near that bad. I don't think. I think Not we to mention playing eight weeks and then, or seven weeks, then playing Alabama at the end of that. That's yeah, right. Where everybody's dead, and you're going in to play the Grim Reaper. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we got seven. To me, I go Bowling Green win, Pitt. I mean, it's it's so we we'll go guaranteed wins. You've got Bowling Green, and I know nothing's ever guaranteed after the Georgia State game, but yeah. new coach now. So, I mean, you've got Bowling Green, you got Tennessee Tech, mm-hmm. South Alabama, 
South Alabama and Vanderbilt. I mean, you've got four. I mean, yeah, we should be better. I, I would almost say you could throw Pitt in there if you wanted to. Almost. I mean, yeah. I would almost. That's that's a borderline, but I would almost say you could throw that in. That's that's. And, Keenan had a good point. It's it's going to come down to controlling the pace of the game because that's that's yeah. the first test right there. Where if your offense isn't where they need to be yet, like what what he said, Pitt. I know traditionally. I mean, I don't know if they've changed it up, but I know Pitt when they had James Conner. I mean, it was you know what you're getting. They're going to try to run it down your throat. I mean, it's that's a scenario where. If your offense isn't ready to go, that I think Pitt's one you could lose pretty handily. But if your offense is is running the way it's supposed to go, I think you could win it handily. And I mm-hmm. mean, right there in the middle is a close game, so that that's the best that's the best point I've heard. Keenan was yeah, I mean that's that's going to be the first test for this offense is because if you go out go three and out a couple times in a row and they're coming out with long 14, 15 play drives, that one can get ugly quick. So I mean it. I'm not saying either way what it's going to be, but yeah, that, I definitely see what you're saying. And another game on the schedule that I think, you know, might be a must win compared to where it falls on the schedule and compared to the other team's circumstances is South Carolina. They have a first year head coach. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, if, if you want to get to where we need to go, you, you need to beat another first year head coach. Mm-hmm. That and Missouri. And Missouri. Yep. yep. That, when I, mean, I first looked at the schedule, I thought three and you know, Pitt, like you, like y'all said, you can kind of say it's a toss up, but being in Neyland, you should win that ball game. Mm-hmm. Florida, that's a loss. I hate to say it, but it's a loss. Mm-hmm. It's a loss. Missouri, you could say that's a toss up. I'd I'd say Missouri wins that one. It's at Missouri. That's just I don't know. South Carolina, like y'all said, we should beat South Carolina. Ole Miss. Uh, if our offense really is what we think it's going to be, Ole Miss should be a really high, fun ball game, high scoring mm-hmm. ball game. That that could be a win. Who knows? Um, the next one's a loss. I don't want to say that team's name. Uh, you should beat Kentucky. Like with yeah. no excuse, you should not lose to Kentucky, especially not the way we did this year. Uh, Georgia, it's a loss. Mm-hmm. And then you win the last two. So, mm-hmm. I mean, with with the toss-up games and everything, I think anywhere from five to seven wins. Yeah. I mean, me – I think you, you, I, I'm definitely happy in that. I think if we get five or more, I'll probably be content if if we're showing progress. Yeah. But if – I mean, if we look like garbage, I mean, I'm going to be kind of – eh. But, yeah, no, I mean, Bowling Green, Pitt, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, and Vandy – I think those are your guarantees. Yeah. I mean, for me, Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, Vandy, that, that's your four. You've got to win those. I mean, that's mm-hmm. there's no excuse. And those are the games, too, where first year, I mean, this offense isn't going to hum every game. I mean, it's, that's what we're no. banking on now is winning. It's not going to happen. I mean, but for me, what's going to make or break is against those first three teams and against – another three to four, where does your offense not harm? Because if it doesn't against Tennessee Tech, I mean, you could you could score 17 there and you should still win. I mean, Tennessee Tech isn't known for lighting the world on fire on offense. I mean, that's – so that – I mean, it's where – if you're going to struggle, where are you going to struggle? Because we know 
We know in Gainesville you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Not as if bad as – um, If you get to Missouri or Ole Miss and you're not clicking, they could – Yeah. put a on you. Really. I mean, yeah. That's I, that's I think that's where the season hinges, uh, Missouri, South Carolina. Uh, I think Ole Miss and Kentucky are a little step above those two teams. I think Missouri, South Carolina are almost must-wins, which would put you at 5-1 and one, uh, after South Carolina if you can win those two. So that yeah. that would be if if Heupel's sitting at five and one, heading into uh, Ole Miss, uh, that's that could be a win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd be riding riding a little momentum. For, yeah. for me, you've got Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, South Alabama, Vandy. That's four guaranteed wins. You've got Florida, Bama, Georgia, guaranteed losses. Guaranteed losses. The other, I mean, you've got Pitt. I'd lean win. I'd lean six to mm-hmm. forty win. In percentage, mm-hmm. I'll score. Um, then Missouri, South Carolina. I mean, they're. I think South Carolina's more win. Yeah, yeah. Missouri's a toss up. I as much know. as South Carolina's a win, I think Missouri might be a loss. Uh, 40, 60, 60, 40, something like that. And Ole Miss to me, I lean more loss personally. I mean, I, I know D Scott's more win. I guess I take the opposite side there. You're you're I think- you're trying to beat the. How do you how do I say it? You're, Similar offenses. Yeah. You're, you're trying to beat Lane Kiffin at his own game when he's got a two-year head start, got more of his players in there, and you're going to have to – maybe your defense shows up that day and may, maybe you have a perfect offensive game. I'd say lost, though. Kentucky's – you should never lose to Kentucky. I mean, that's, that's just the bottom line of when you sign on the dotted line of coach here. You don't lose that game. Still, though, I think that's – in Lexington, I mean, a 60-40 win to me, though. I just – I can't ever look at Kentucky on the schedule and think loss. That's just – I'll never do that. And then, I mean, so you you got four guaranteed wins and then you've got one, two, three. To me, four true toss-ups because I, I would say Ole Miss more of a loss. But you that, that's the chance for – you lose to Bama, Ole Miss, Florida, Georgia – Peter, I mean, you're at eight and four. Then no way I'm calling that right now. I'm not saying eight and four. I'd say six and six personally. I mean, I, I think that's attainable. Four, four wins. Count Pitt in there. Even if you're not rolling by Pitt, Kentucky's there and knock off one of Pitt, Mizzou, South Carolina. I think South Carolina's probably probably a win. I mean, it's pretty heavily. I think. So yeah, I think six and six, you're on pace. Seven and five, you're a little ahead of pace. Anything beyond that is, you know, icing. But uh, I, I can I can see six wins on that schedule. Absolutely. Five and seven is the line. I think that's that's the dividing line. I I think you'll get one more than that, but one less than that, and you're kind of uh, then five and seven. I think is realistic. I mean, I, hey, screw it. Let's just go eleven and one. That's what I was about to say. I mean, you heard that. What's the first game? That's September 4th. I mean, by September 3rd, we'll be undefeated in my mind. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we're not beating Bama, but the other 11, that's fine. That's just how I beat him in the rematch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. (laughs) In Mercedes Benz, anything can happen. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, Missouri, Missouri, you know, I'd like to say that's a guaranteed win, but. Once they started playing the Basilac kid last year, they kind of got them. So, you have to wonder if 
maybe there's some momentum carrying over there with Basilac and the algebra teacher they have for a coach. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, who knows, man? Uh, that's It's a great unknown. Will we show up this day? Will our defense show up this day? Will the offense struggle on the day that defense struggles? I mean, you just don't know. And that's that's the beauty of it. You can yeah, you can you can kind of see it coming, regardless of the opponent or whatever. Your team either shows up or they don't, and uh, that's you know that's one of the many questions we have with Heupel, is if he can execute his game plan with much different competition. Granted, you know he's going to have more talent than he's ever had in his life, but. It's it's if he can you know continue that game plan against much different competition. Because you're go ahead and put it out there. You're more talented than South Carolina. You're more talented than Pitt, and you're more talented than Kentucky. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you are, but probably Missouri yeah. too. Yeah, probably Missouri. I agree. Missouri. Yeah, you're you're more talented than Missouri too. I'd say. I mean, you saw your. Did you have a bad experience with algebra tonight? Was that the reason for that line there? <sighs> Yeah, it sounded kind of personal. Yeah. <laughs> have you been? Say, have you been? Let's just say my, my, my made it through my window. Yeah, he seems he seems pretty slumped tonight. He's, yeah, you know, laid back. Yeah. He's just he's done. Yeah, try to chill, bro. <laughs> it's all Eli drink. It's, it's done. You in? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad we looked at that. I mean, I I don't know you. You're going to see both sides of it. I mean, you're still seeing I, – I think we've done better despite what Danny White may say, and that's that's the only real thing I've had a problem with him about so far is telling people to be more positive. I mean, yeah, you should be more positive, but you know what makes people more positive? Winning games. I mean, yeah. There's a reason we're negative. Like, nobody just gets on there to be negative to be negative besides um, a few who shall not be maimed. But most, most people on Twitter know by now, but – but, I mean, it's, there's, there's a method to the madness. I mean, it's like what I said at the early of the show. I mean, Danny White doesn't need to cons- be concerned about what Twitter is going on. I mean, I, that, that's the only thing where I'm like, you, you, I wish you wouldn't have said that because yep. if you've grown up around Tennessee, if, if you're like me and you've just seen a gradual decline in Tennessee – he said, what's there to be negative about? I mean, my I hate to say it, but what's there to be positive about? I mean, what yeah. that's that's a tough reality, but and that's tough to say about your favorite team. But what why should I believe that this is gonna be any different? I mean And I think, you know, he has to have that opinion. He has to be positive. He has to yeah, he he has to come in thinking that he can't fail and We've been through the ringer uh, as fans. Uh, we, we've taken our lumps and then some. So, I, you know, I, I don't blame him for that. I think that he has to come in with that mindset. And I think it'll benefit him if he blocks out the noise, blocks out social media, blocks out everything. So if that's how he has to handle it, because it's going to be there. If that's how he has to handle it, then, then that's fine with me. Right. It's part of his job is to promote positivity like that. I mean, but – and I think he's done a good job with the exception of that one quote, which I, it, it was taken out of context a little bit. But, I mean, it's just that's something that – you're winning. Why say that? Like, you're – you people like you so far. I mean, Danny White, I mean, 
regardless of if I like him or not, I've got no reason not to trust him. I mean, he's six for six right now, like Kenan said. I mean, everything – every coach he's hired has been a success. So, why – I mean, it's kind of two opposite sides of the table there. I have no reason not to trust him. But with our program, our coaching hires, I have no reason to trust them. So, it, hopefully this is the one that ends the negativity. And, I mean, I, I think I've done – I think we've done a pretty good job. I mean, we're – it's giving the give the guy a chance, and I, I don't see much negativity on Twitter. I mean, it's there's still a lot of hey, you know, I question if this is the right move. But I mean, it, you, at the end of the day, and that's I saw I saw a tweet somebody put out was at the end of the day they they got what they wanted. I mean, they they got a sitting head coach. No, he's not Power Five, but I mean UCF is as close as you can get. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I can't think of any other school like that. So you you've got someone like that, and um, that mask up, son. Yeah, no. What's that? <laughs> don't want, you don't want to get the Rona? Put put that mask up for somebody in there. Oh no, somebody was waving at me. I didn't know oh. who it was. But uh, no, it, no, it's been pretty dead in here tonight, actually. I, it's it's the checkerboard check-in fan club. Yeah, it is. It That's is. what it is. I told them I had to come do the podcast out here, and they said they <laughs> hang around. So. But I mean, I mean it's. Live from the School of Journalism at MTSU, you've got the check for check-in. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – I don't even remember what I was saying now. I don't know. I forgot. It's something – I mean, it's something wrong the lines of you've got, you've got no reason not – I've got no reason not to trust Danny White, but I've got no reason to trust the program. I mean, it, and like I said, you, they, they got everything they said they were going to get. They got a proven winner. That's what I was on. Okay, I remember that now. They got a proven winner. They got an offensive-minded guy. He appears to be a player's coach. I mean, I, I haven't heard any negative reviews, and all our players seem to like him. He's a, he's I like a what Bailey guy. said. He said that it feels like the energy in the locker room just totally changed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's – they it wasn't in the final form that everyone thought it would wind up in, but I mean they they did what they were going to said they were going to do. So I mean, at the end of the day, I mean it's I'm going to title this episode "Wait and See." I guess I mean that's that's all we can do, and we're going to be waiting until spring practice starts. What March first week of March, I think. Then you got your spring game. Then you've got the dead period of. He's going – we're going to find out what kind of recruiter he is. I mean, I know um, – I think it was 24-7 sports reported he's already reached out to Ty Simpson, which is your guy that you've got to get in 2022. I mean, you can't let a home state guy get away like that. You, you, you've got one of the top quarterbacks in the nation that, unless it's an absolute dumpster fire, Ty Simpson's going to come here. I mean, he, he will. I mean, it's, that's just the bottom line. He's, he's one of those kids that – I think is like Austin Pope that they've grown up in Tennessee. Pope's closer in in Knoxville than uh, Ty Simpson. He's I know he's around UT Martin, but still, I mean, it's I'm three and a half hours away from Knoxville, and I'd take the first charter bus there right now if I could. So I mean, <laughs> winning getting the player is nice, but the outlook of you can't let that kid get out of your state, regardless of how he is as a player. Now, obviously that plays into it, but you, you can't let a top prospect like that, that I understand if, if he moved here to Tennessee, he doesn't understand, but 
he's from – I mean, he, he's a ball. I mean, he's – you've seen it in, in pictures of him. I mean, he's rocking UT gear. And he apparently he was Heupel's first call. Him and Walter Nolan, I believe, was the other one he reached out to. Top defensive lineman. Um, so, I mean, he, you, you're going to – the assistant coaches are first, but then you're going to figure out what kind of recruit he is over the summer. I mean, it, that's, that's where it's – that starting into the fall is where that answer is going to come. So, wait and see. And he talked about it in his presser, you know, keeping kids in state. And I think especially for the 2022 class, I mean, you, you have to. Because it is, I mean, to the best of my memory, this might be the best class that's come through in a while. I mean, you're, like you said, I think Walter Nolan's the number one player in the country, like, period. He was. He yeah. was one time. Ty Simpson's a top ten quarterback, maybe top five. I can't remember. Uh, Cameron Miller, Dallin Hayden, Jordan James. I mean, there's just the state's oozing with talent. So you've definitely got to do that. Recruiting, I think that's definitely one of his biggest question marks because I don't think he's ever really had to recruit at this high of a level, you know, because whatever conference, Conference USA or whatever, I don't know what conference UCF was in, the American. But uh, that'll definitely be interesting. And I, like you said, I think the assistant coach hires, who he brings in, that'll definitely play a big part in that. That's why I want to see T. Martin come back because, I mean, he's just – all he's done for the university, plus he's a top-notch recruiter. So, you know, that's something I'm keeping an eye on. And uh, I want to dive into one more thing about Heupel and how he can make a lot of people happy. Don't imitate the Texas A&M game. And what I mean by that is A&M held the ball for 44 minutes of that game, and they ran double the plays we did. As long as you don't have any games like that, I think you'll be okay this year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you like kind of like what you said about recruiting at this high level. Uh, I'm not really going to judge him up to this point yet because, I mean, you, you come from UCF. I mean, do you really have to recruit outside of Florida? Honestly, no. I mean, there, there's so no. many players in Florida. I mean, it's like it's like TCU, Texas Tech. I mean, they're they're going to pull some guys, but. SMU right there in Dallas. I mean, to our old pal Sonny Dykes, that I'm sure is going to get their program humming, you know, like he was going to do here, apparently. But I mean, it's just Tennessee is a more nationwide job. Yeah, you've got to lock down the state first, but you can you pull kids out of Atlanta? Can you pull kids out of Charlotte? Can you get kids from Memphis, which yes, is Tennessee technically, but I mean, you're you can be an old Miss in a quarter of the time it is in Knoxville. I mean, it's just Memphis isn't really part of Tennessee, I guess, I guess is what I'm saying. Sorry to all the Memphis folks out there, but I don't – I mean, it's just – yeah, it's important to lock it down. But, I mean, when Tennessee rolled in the 90s, I mean, it, it was it was Georgia boys. I mean, who, who had the quote? Um, real, real Georgia boys go to Tennessee. Was it Dale Carter? No. Yeah, but, yeah, you know the quote I'm talking about. I mean, yeah, it's – Tennessee, when it's at its best, yeah, it has Tennessee guys in it, but it, it's also got Charlotte, uh, Atlanta. you got to recruit where the talent is, regardless yeah. of where it is. I mean, that, that was – yeah, that was my big thing is, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great class in Tennessee, but 
get those guys. And then, I mean, I want, I want the best people for the job. I mean, it's, it's kind of my thing with coaching hires. If I'd love to have T Martin here too. I mean, he's a great recruiter, but if he's, if he's not committed as a coach, I mean, I'm to the point where. If you don't want to be here, don't be here. Right. The Vol for Life tag in your name is good if you're qualified. I mean, yeah, I don't think you should be hiring an underqualified guy because he's a Vol for Life. I mean, that's if, – if you got two guys, you can flip a coin, get both, and one of them is Vol for Life, sure. That's – I mean, they're on the same level. They're, they're the same style, fit, what you're going to do, then sure, go – absolutely. But – get the guys that are going to do the job their best. So that's, that's recruits. That's where you're recruiting. That's coaching hires. That's, that's everything. We've, I think for a little too long now, we held on to the vol for life tag. And I mean, honestly, if it gets Tennessee back to winning, I don't care if they're from Ukraine. I mean, it's just, just, just win baby. I mean, that's, that's all down to. I mean, that's, Win an hour and it doesn't feel like that to me. I mean, that's yeah. all I had. I mean, I didn't bring anything else into. It. I mean, basketball we beat Mississippi State. I mean, it, I mean, there's not much. A big game Saturday. Big game Saturday against Kansas, Mississippi State. I mean, Jaden Springer's back. Still look kind of underwhelming. Still the same, same it has been. I mean, you're not losing. You get a win, but Mississippi State's not, not anything special this year. So. Yeah, that's 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 the main thing for basketball. We got a big game Saturday. We'll we'll talk about that next week. I mean, good Springer's back. I think it's obvious our two best players are freshmen, and then you've got Pons, and then everybody else is kind of yeah. uh, you, it's a mixed bag of what you're going to get. Exactly. That's all I had. Uh, nothing new on baseball, really. Not that not that I know that broke this week. Um, Lady Vol basketball. Uh, Beat on Miss by a point. Okay, another win for them. Thrash Kentucky Sunday. They got what? They thrashed Kentucky Sunday. Oh yeah, Kentucky. Yeah, most impressive showing of the season for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kentucky's team had twenty-five rebounds total. Nia Davis had a cool twenty by herself. So you know, it was that kind of day. Yeah. My That's. Impressed. That's all I had, is it, unless there's anything we've missed. I mean, I, uh, picks of the week. Picks of the here. Let me check my parlays real quick. We'll see <laughs> what you got. We'll see the updates. Um, unless UTSA and UTEP just somebody put a lid on the basket, that was probably a loss. But never hurts. I'll say I'll say my Super Bowl picks for next week. Uh, if you want a good value pick tonight, uh, Golden State is plus one and a half at Phoenix. I think that's a pretty good value pick. Uh, also, uh, I think we might have some merchandise available soon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's in the works. We'll be getting it on Twitter, see, try to get some interest and, you know, see what's what. Because we can do something like we could probably do stickers and T-shirts and all kinds of different stuff. So, we'll uh, that's definitely in the works right now. Yeah. Subscribe and leave a comment and you might get a discount. You never know. Yeah. You might get one for free. You never know. Yeah, exactly. We're a generous podcast. We're not in it. Oh, we're very generous. Well, <laughs> you like money, but <laughs> lovely game. Yeah, uh, we uh, we got some good stuff in the works. Yeah, the under did not hit in that game, so. 
Bummer. We're ready. We're ready. I think if I had to do a pick for the week or whatever, um, which Murphy called it last week, he said we'd have a new coach by the time by this time this week. And I, I think I was right too. I'm yeah. sure that somewhere on Vol Twitter, somebody tweeted something that somebody didn't like, and they went at it. Um, I think we'll see. Uh, uh, Hop will get his staff pretty established by this time next week. Like, I don't think we'll be asking about, oh, who's the D.C., oh, who's this, who's that. I think a lot of those questions will be answered. Whether we like them or not, I think they'll be answered. Agreed. Yep. Well, I've got three NBA parlays going right now. So, hopefully one of those is a win. Um, all $1 bets. One would turn $1 into $228. That's my long shot. There you go. Then one that would turn one dollar into twenty-seven, and one that would turn one dollar into forty-three. So those are my my safeties. Just he's ready to get hurt again. Yeah, not bad for three dollars. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And then I mean my my college one, I held a, it was an eighteen parlay. Three of them have won. Four of them are still going on, and then that one. So if if I win every one and then lose that one on the under of UTEP and UTSA, then it's just not your day then. I mean, it's you pack up and go home when you take your L and you go to sleep on it. So, yeah, we'll, we'll say Super Bowl for next – Super Bowl's next Sunday, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. The next in February or the second? First. First. Yeah, First Sunday in February. February. Yeah, because the – so – Well, anything we missed? My good. defensive coordinator talk, my picks, um, Zach uh, – is it Barnett? Zach Barnett, Mississippi Barnett. State. That's – I'm calling my shot there. Let me make sure that's right before I call my shot and get his name wrong. I think Has Gerard Mayo got a job yet? I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll see. Ronnie Garner. I think we need to go after him. Yeah. Kevin Simon. Kevin Simon's a big one. I like that one. It will be interesting for sure. Zach Arnett. Zach Arnett. Defense. That's my pick for D.C. Okay. Okay. But that's all I had. Anything else? You got no. Sean Watson out of the vision there. Yeah. I, D. Taylor. D. Scott. D. Scott. Where's where's Deshaun Watson going? Uh, I think I saw something today that said that Carolina was going to try and get him. Okay, I think that'd be a good spot for him. Uh, I think I saw the Jets would potentially be interested in him, Thank but I think I think he would do good in Carolina. What am I saying there? Yeah, I hope he gets out of the AFC South. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. AFC South. That's but we may be gaining Matt Stafford for the Lions, so. I'll, actually, I want to change my lock for the week. I think no, you Stafford, already locked it. Oh, dang it. What was your lock? I'll take the lock. I think Stafford to the 49ers. Oh, I can't take that lock, no. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's already in Indianapolis, so I can't take that. We'll Brady see. retires after the Super Bowl. I can, ooh, okay. He needs to. Yeah. Screw Tom Brady, though. Yeah, I hate Tom Brady. He offers nothing good to the world. 
Yeah, I, I'd go Stafford Colts, but yeah, I think that is my lock. And nothing else. That's been episode five, boys. This time next week, we never know what's going to happen within that span of time. The world may change. Who, who, who knows? Who knows on Rocky Top? But that's yeah. episode five. Thanks for checking in with us, guys. We'll see you all next week. We'll see you. See you, boys. Peace. Peace.